Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, we've got fantastic finishes, rainy returns, coaches firing themselves, and Bucky bleeping Dent all making an appearance. Danny's here, let's go. Here we go! Only one place to start. All right, my place to start is with the one, the only, Dan Orlovsky in studio with the Straight Talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Dan, good enough to hang out after Get Up today and go through absolutely everything. And there is obviously only one place to start, and that is with the return of Brady last night to Foxborough in a game that went none of the ways I expected it to. I I don't know exactly what I was expecting, and I didn't realize it was going to be like a monsoon but 1917, a battle of field goals and all that, that is not what I expected. Dan, big picture thought. I think it was great on greats, right? You know, Bill Belichick's plan and his defensive strategy was great, and it made Tom Brady kind of earn everything. And then Brady was great. You know, specifically, we've always seen quarterbacks go against Bill, specifically in New England, and, you know, kind of give the game away. Oh, so stupid turnover or a bad sack. Tom did not do that. And then also the, the, the greatest situational football player ever was, was perfect in those moments. Before the half, they get the ball back and wasn't great, but they went and got three points. Those are big three points. And then they get the ball back and have to go on a drive to go get a field goal to take the lead, to put some pressure on New England. And they've got a big third and sixth conversion AB that goes and gets that. And so, you know, for everything that was a part of that 20 years and the emotions of the week, I actually thought it was a really impressive win. Maybe not the great impressive performance that we're notorious with with Tom or attaching to Tom, but just an impressive win to figure out a way. And that's my thing. It's it's the Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, whatever it takes, finding a way to win the football game. Absolutely. But there were moments last night, and I thought he'll settle in. And this is a man who has started nine Super Bowls. Yeah. But I don't know if it was the rain or the defensive game plan or whatever the emotions were, Brady looked uncomfortable for a lot of that night last night. To what do you attribute that? All of that. Yeah, uncomfortably. He did not look in control. And I, I agree, the weather, it was raining a lot. Yeah. You know, I, People that were up there said it was pouring. So that, the, everything that Bill Belichick was show, throwing him, different people, five defensive backs, six defensive backs, seven defensive backs. So one time you're playing man, then you're playing outside leverage man, then you're playing inside leverage man, then you're playing two man, and then you're playing zone, and then it's one high zone, two high. So all those different looks. And yes, I believe the emotion was a big part of that. And even Tom kind of referenced it after the game. I'm not going to cry. I've done that enough. And just because we didn't necessarily publicly see a ton of that this week because they did such a good job of kind of shying away from it. That's got to be the most emotional week in Tom Brady's life. And to kind of be able to compartmentalize it and try to go out there and perform for three hours. I could say this, if he had gone and really struggled, I would have sat there and said the emotions got the best of him. And we've never really seen that impact his performance. And he was able to, again, put that to the side and do what was necessary to win the game. Well, for any of you who watched our television show this morning, Ryan Clark in particular, and Rex as well, gave most of the credit to Belichick for that. How, how, how do you emerge from last night thinking of what Bill Belichick did in this? Yeah, Bill, he was remarkable, and I expected him to be. On NFL Live last week, I said, I think Belichick is just going to give him his yards and then in the red zone really throw the difference the different stuff at Tom Brady. And you saw him do that when 
you know, Tampa Bay was easy, relatively easily moving the ball 20 to 20. And then once they got in the red zone, field goal, field goal, field goal. And that was the big deal. And it was all because, you know, Bill really waited till the play clock came down and then changed his defense. He would wait till the play clock got to like three or four, and then they would flip their defense from a zone look to a man look, man look to zone look. And so it was just constantly giving Tom a bunch of different things to think about in a very short period of time. All right, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. If your pet is hurt in a car accident, Progressive pays up to $1,000 in vet expenses with free pet coverage. Visit Progressive.com. Let's go run around the league here. Um, Last week in Chicago was the... The disaster to end all disasters. I, yeah. I, I've never seen anything quite like what they did with Justin Fields last week. And you were extremely critical of Matt Nagy as a result. Yesterday was obviously markedly better, and they had someone else, the offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, calling the plays. What do we come out of yesterday saying about that whole situation? Well, Justin Fields is good, and they put his future at more important than Matt Nagy's giving the play-calling duties to Bill Lazor. This is what it should look like, and I'm not tied to the result. It's nice to see him go play well and have success, but I'm more tied to the process. Did they put him under center more? He's an under-center quarterback. Yes, that's what he did at Ohio State. They did that a ton yesterday in Chicago. Did they utilize play-action pass? Not only because that's, again, something he's that's a strength of his, but also because it affords more protection. Yes, they did that. Did they allow him to push the football downfield aggressively? Yes. And so that's what it should look like. Not because he's young that helps, but because that's the things those are the things that Justin Fields does really well. Also, they did not do a lot of catch and throw quick game out of the shotgun because that's what he struggles with. And so if Bill Lazor is going to continue to be the person calling the plays for this offense, I feel a lot better about the situation in Chicago, but that's got to be Matt Nagy removing his whatever agenda and or ego out of the picture. Greeny and Arlovsky with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance with guests on the Goodyear hotline. Give me a little straight talk here, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Um, I have been extremely worried about the things I've seen early in the season, the first three weeks from the New York Jets and their rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson. Obviously, things were markedly better yesterday against a pretty bad defense in Tennessee, and they finally get their first win in this new era. What do we say about them today? Well, I think overall, everyone who is freaking out about all the rookie quarterbacks, they can't play, they're not ready. Uh, this, This week just said, just take a deep breath. It's hard. All the rookie quarterbacks played really well. It takes reps to get them going. With Zach... I think the thing, two things that I liked seeing out of Zach yesterday. One, that the mistakes or the failures, he's got some thick skin because he wasn't shy with the football. You know, so often these young quarterbacks, Zach's thrown some bad interceptions. You can, you can force them to kind of shell up, so to speak, and kind of uh, be checked down Charlie's. I like that he was still aggressive with the ball because he still believes in himself. And then you saw some of the talent. You saw him and his willingness to push the football downfield. Everyone needs to understand, too, I, there's, the NFL is so, so hard. Two of the hardest things to do are call plays, design game plans and call plays, and play quarterback. They got guys doing it for the first time. Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's brother, is doing it for the first time. It's going to take some time. And he's got the pedigree, or at least the bloodline, to be really good at it. And then Zach is doing it for the first time without a lot of guidance within, you know, inside that organization or within right. that room. So it's only going to get better. Those guys really got to learn how to do their jobs on the fly, pressure to win, but also do it together. Definitely encouraged by Zach yesterday. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. I agree. I have a few additional thoughts on that that I'll get to. But while I have you here, let me run through two other things. 
We started out, you, you and I both a little bit, and, and certainly me. I'll just put this on me. I was very much uh, not a believer in the Cowboys before the season began. Then week one, they really impressed me. And I thought to myself, well, maybe they are going to be the team to beat in that bad division. Now, all of a sudden, there's nothing cute about this. Yeah. Are the Cowboys the best team in the NFC? I can't say they're not. You know, I cannot definitively say, yes, there is a team better than them. I think there's that group in the NFC, and the Cowboys are absolutely worthy of being in that group. They are, you know, a two-minute drive field goal away from being an undefeated football team and beating in in a tough schedule as well. They've beaten good football teams. I think the Cowboys right now feel like they can onslaught anybody offensively, however you want it. They want you, you want them to throw the football great. You want them to run the football great. They're putting big bodies on the line of scrimmage and just doing whatever they want. It looks like a Cowboys offense of old. Greeny, at the end of the third quarter yesterday, against the number one defense in the NFL, they had 36 points. CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper combined had five catches. I mean, that tells you exactly that they can do whatever they want. And then this defense... It's not only playing lockdown man coverage, but they're taking the football away. It feels like a, the Buccaneers defense of the playoffs last year. And so, yeah, I can't definitively say that the Rams are better or the Seahawks are better or the Packers are better or the Cardinals are better. I think that the Cowboys feel, and I believe this, they can go toe-to-toe with anybody. And the last thing I would say is Dak Prescott is a different player this year. I don't care what anybody says to me. He looks like he can go... And if we're going to say that Kyler's playing the best football or Derek Carr or Matthew Stafford or um, Lamar, J- Dak, Dak can go and say, I'm playing just as good as those guys. And he's been very, very impressive. They, ho- they have as a football team. Look, they have a last-second loss to Tampa Bay. They've beaten the Chargers and Panthers, who otherwise haven't lost a game this season, and they blew out Philly. Yeah. That's their four games so far this year. So they look great. Quickly, are the Steelers toast? Toast. They're a, they're a blocked punt away from being 0-4. Their offense is the worst offense in the NFL over the last two seasons. It's not an anomaly. All right. Outstanding. Dan Orlovsky is going to run up and do NFL Live today, as always. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Dan. These Mondays are the best. You're the best. Thanks, bud. That's Dan Orlovsky with us here. Did you know that airlines, restaurants, and more have been ramping up their hiring? Who do they turn to? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job, and then you can easily invite your top choices to apply. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Coming up, all of my takes on a Sunday in the NFL, including one coach and one quarterback who, as of yesterday, are for all intents and purposes finished. That's next. We're rolling along. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greenies Takes. 
All right, give me a little music here because I've put together five takes coming out of yesterday in the National Football League that you must gather round one and all and hear right away. Here we go. Number five. Right this minute. The Cowboys are the best team in the NFC and the Bills are the best in the AFC. I know they are not the unbeatens. The Raiders haven't lost. The Cardinals haven't lost. And I think Arizona will have its chance to have a say. But the Cowboys scored five touchdowns against Carolina yesterday. That was a Panthers defense that had allowed four touchdowns in their first three games combined. Two of them to the Jets. The Cowboys are just flat out good. They have the defensive rookie of the year in Micah Parsons. They have the defensive player of the year in Trayvon Diggs. They have a rejuvenated, it appears, Ezekiel Elliott. They have a Dak Prescott who has come into his own and is now truly an elite quarterback with elite weapons and maybe the best offensive line in the sport. The Cowboys are no joke. Bubba will get into them a little later. In the meantime, after what was a disappointing season-opening loss for the Buffalo Bills, they have bounced back. I don't care who they've played. Their last three games, they've outscored their opponents 118-21. to They've outgained them by 630 yards during a three-game winning streak. And here's the crazy thing. I don't even think they're playing that well. <laughs> I don't think they – I think they could be way better. They are going to be so good. Josh Allen is ridiculous. The defense is good. They play Kansas City this week. Vegas is going to favor the Chiefs because the world is going to want to bet on Mahomes. Our analytics are going to favor Buffalo in Kansas City. I love – the Bills in this game. I know we make our picks on Friday. I love the Bills in this game. Hashtag KOD. The Kiss of Death. That's a different segment. These are my takes. Let's get to the next one. Number four. Daniel Jones is a good player. I'm going to get and let Nuno get into this in a little bit. Daniel Jones is good. When the Giants were really at their worst, which means yesterday morning, I was saying to anyone who would listen, like, the quarterback is the only problem they don't have. He's been the best thing on the team. Daniel Jones is playing his rear end off this season. And I got a good stat here to prove it. Right now, if you look at QBR, (coughs) our ratings, which take into account all the things that quarterbacks do to help win games, the eighth-rated quarterback in the NFL is Tom Brady. The ninth-rated quarterback in the NFL is Daniel Jones. The tenth-rated quarterback in the NFL is Russell Wilson. Daniel Jones is playing great. So I don't know if yesterday was the beginning of the rest of your lives if you're a Giant fan, which is to say they're going to play their way back into a season because the division is going to run away and hide from you in the form of Dallas. That jumping off sides on that kick is just the worst loss ever two weeks ago Thursday and how different things would feel if you were 2-2 and today. But the one thing I think we can say is that Daniel Jones is not the problem with the Giants, and let's see where they go from here. Number three. Matt Nagy fired himself in order to try to save his job. And in so doing, I hate the way he explained this yesterday so much. So before I play this for you, let me say this. I have a little theory. This was taught to me by my former agent, Nick Khan, who might be the single smartest person I know. But he said to me, if you ever ask someone how they're doing and it takes them more than 15 seconds to explain, they're not doing well. It shouldn't take you more than 15 seconds to explain to someone how well things are going. And that has always made me think, whenever someone just starts rambling, they're trying to cover something up. So Matt Nagy, all week long, for everyone around the country who doesn't kind of know how this went, 
Last week was the disaster to end all disaster. Right? It was the Hindenburg. What happened with Justin Fields and that offense last week? So they come back this week, and the big question all week was who's going to call the plays? Who's going to call the plays? Going into the game, they wouldn't announce who was going to call the plays. While the game is going on, both Ryan Clark and Dan Orlovsky separately texted me, there's no way in the world Nagy is calling the plays. So they ask him afterwards, who called the plays? The offensive coordinator is a guy named Bill Lazor. I want you to hear his answer. And as you're listening, consider how this could have been four seconds and instead turned into more than 30. In regards to the play calling, uh, Bill did a great job, you know, and and I think that... uh, you know, at the same point in time, it's important that we understand that uh, I had to. Be, I, I felt good out there as a head coach. And that's real. We all get together. We talk through how we're going to call the game. I get a, a great opportunity to say yes, I like this, or no, I don't. As the head coach, right, in charge of all that. That that's real. Whatever I need to do to try to be the best head coach for the Chicago Bears, whatever that is, I I don't care. I just want us to have the best opportunity to win. What the hell is he talking about? What was that? That entire soundbite should have been this. In regards to the play calling, uh, Bill did a great job. You know, That's it. And Justin played great. Next question. That's it. That's when a person who was sure of himself answers that question. You're the head coach of the football team. You don't have to explain to us what you do. We know what you do. You're the coach. When they win, you get the credit. When they lose, you get the blame. It's that simple. If the day had gone terribly yesterday, would you have said Bill did an absolutely terrible job calling these plays, but I felt great? What the hell are you talking about? The win and the loss speaks for itself. Who called the plays today, Coach? Bill did. He did a great job, and Justin played his behind off. Next question. That's it. Why did that go there? Why were you explaining what you do for a living? No one has wondered. No one. Did anyone after that game say, I wonder how Matt Nagy felt? coaching that game and and if that's real let's just analyze all the things he said that were ridiculous play calling play calling uh, bill did a great job great job you know and and i think that uh you know at the same point in time it's important that we understand no it's not uh i had to i I felt good out there as a head coach who cares real we all get together we talk real how we're gonna call the game i get it we get that it's a collaborative everyone you're all working together what the hell are you talking about what is that I've never heard a head coach in my entire life, I've been following the sport 50 years, I've never heard a head coach explain that he had a role in what happened. You know, the whole game went by today, and I didn't do nothing. This, I want everyone to know, I was involved. So somehow, he managed to give no credit to Justin Fields, very little credit to Bill Lazor, and made it all about himself. Well, I... Am I overstating this? Hembo is with us today. I have not uh, yet said good morning. Am I overdoing this? I don't think so. His answer was extremely bizarre. He's obviously very self-conscious, very sensitive about his lack of role in them winning a game. He seems to need... He's a head coach who seems to need to explain that he was involved in the game, that the game was played, and that he was not merely spectating, but that he was involved in winning it. So, I I don't know what to say. I mean, we we sat here and crucified him when they lost. Now, we're making fun of him when they win, but I think he... I take no blame for that one. All the blame goes on him because that's one of the most ridiculous things I think I've heard a coach say in a really long time. 
Uh, where are we next? Number two. Uh, the Steelers are washed, and it's over for Ben. <coughs> I told you last week that watching the Steelers felt like watching the end of something. Yesterday felt like watching something that was already over. Now, if not for the bad call, and I believe it was a bad call, the offsides on the blocked field goal, maybe that's an entirely different game, but I don't think so. Because I think the Packers still would have beat him because the Steelers just have no offense. They, they have to be perfect. They missed one play to Juju Smith-Schuster, and, and, and Juju, like, smashed the iPad or whatever it is those guys have on the sideline because he knows we have to be perfect to have a chance to win. It looks over. Now, look, they're not going to bench Ben now, nor should they. You, you, you made the decision to come back with him. You're going to go down with the ship. But at some point this season... They will need to figure out that Dwayne Haskins isn't their future. I shouldn't say it that way. They will need to figure out if Dwayne Haskins is their future. I I want to give him a chance. And they should. Because they're going to need to do something about the quarterback next year, obviously. I guess even if things are going better, they would have to do that. But this thing is going nowhere fast. Nowhere. They are by easily the fourth best team in a four-team division. So it's over. They just have to figure out how they want it to officially end. Number one. And finally, for me, obviously, number one is always going to be something to do with the Jets. And winning the game was wonderful yesterday. I'm so happy for them. I felt great for the kid. I felt great for those guys on defense who've hung in there all year. I felt great for these coaches who have been much maligned by me. And I take back not a word of it. They 100% deserved it, but it can't be fun or easy. (coughs) And so I'm so happy for them. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about all the reasons that they won yesterday. But my favorite thing they did yesterday, my favorite play of the game, was one that almost cost them the game. So for anyone who didn't watch the Jet game, which I'm assuming is 99% of the people in the world, the Jets have the ball near the end of regulation and they have a seven-point lead. Uh, And they've got two minutes and change left in the game and the Titans have used all their timeouts. And there was third and it was, I want to say it was like third and seven. Should have written it down. I didn't. I think it was thir- it was third and roughly seven. Doesn't matter that much. But it wasn't third and one. It was a play that you, if you're going to get the first down, you're going to have to throw the ball. And so many coaches. I won't. St- I won't start with the names, but practically every coach the Jets have ever had would have run the ball, let the the clock run down to the two minute warning. Force that give the Titans as little time as possible. Don't take a chance on making the big mistake and punt it and play defense and try and win the game that way. They would have coached not to lose the game. And damn it, the Jets coached to win it. I fell in love with Robert Sala yesterday. And and Mike LaFleur, if that was whoever's decision it was to put the ball in the kid's hand, do you know what he did? He missed. He had a receiver open and he missed him. If he throws a good ball there, the Jets are going to make the first down. They're going to be able to kneel three times and they've won the game. And he missed him. And it almost cost them the game, but it was the right decision. They coached to win the game, like Herman famously said, and I loved it. Loved it. It's not about the outcome. It's about whether you make the decision, you have the guts to make the decision in the first place, and he did. So, listen, Robert Sala's going to have to get used to me if he cares one way or another. When I'm upset, I'm going to let you know. But yesterday, he won me over. That was the right thing to do. I was not expecting it. Going into that play, I mean, I can't prove it because I'm sitting in my in the, in, the, in the couch by myself. But going into that play, I said, oh, he's just going to run the ball here. 
and he didn't. Bless him. I loved it. So of all the things the Jets did yesterday, my favorite was the one that could have easily cost them the game. All right, greeting with you here on ESPN Radio. All our guests on the Goodyear Hotline with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. Let me bring in some members of the hashtag crew for their thoughts. Nuno, I will start with you. A week ago, you were firing everyone on your beloved New York Giants. They also got in the win column yesterday with an impressive win over the Saints in overtime. Give me a minute or two on your feelings today. All right, before we start, though, uh, in my... In honor of Matt Nagy, I just want everyone to know that I start the Google Doc every day. <laughs> Very true. He does. It, it, yeah, Greeny may go in there and decipher things. Yes, Bubba may put his own name on it when he when he puts something in there. Hembo throws in all the stats. But Nuno wants you to know that as the producer of this show, he has a role. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, as far as this game and this team, I think – the one thing, at least right now, that I'm not worried about after four weeks is Daniel Jones. I think he has shown that he has the ability, and he's actually carrying this team, right? Um, I also think that Andrew Thomas has played extremely well these four, four, uh, first four games. He's allowed one sack in those four games. Um, and I think you see the weapons that they do have, you know, they were missing Sterling Shepard and Slayton, but yet you get a great game out of Tony, uh, you know, and Galladay makes some plays. Uh, Saquon started making some plays. That being said, I still have to be me. There are still things that concern me. Uh, the fact that you went away from Tony, like, mo- through most of that game. Um, they're that third and two in the uh, inside the five where it's a jet sweep to Evan Ingram. Like, those are still little things that upset me. And then, of course, the worst is they're two plays away from being three and one and actually have a meaningful, a meaningful game next week. Well, I mean, I, the game is meaningful next week. We'll see what happens. They go to the Cowboys this would be a fascinating game to watch. Giants-Cowboys is always interesting. Yes, the one ridiculous jumping, trying to jump the snap and the field goal at the end against Washington. They lose a game at home to the Falcons. They got the Cowboys, Rams, Panthers, Chiefs, Raiders coming up. I mean, they have a murderer's row coming up, but at least you get off the schneid. In the meantime, what, uh, what jersey is Bubba wearing today? Let's take a look. I haven't seen him yet. Oh, he's got Dak on. He's got the traditional Dak in blue today. He has the white Dak jersey and the dark blue Dak jersey. Go ahead, Bubba. I will let you uh, rave for a moment here about your beloved Cowboys. Oh, yeah. We are back to Dak. Feeling good. Feeling good because it's another week, Kembo. We're going 100%. 100% all week. Feeling good. Going in Monday to Friday. Get ready. Jerseys all week. But, uh, yeah, feeling great after that win. I mean, looking at... Dak, four touchdowns, but under 200 yards. I mean, that's just impressive. I got to apologize to Zeke right now. I mean, this guy, he's back. I might have to get a Zeke jersey at this point. Mm -hmm. This guy is back. The offense, the thing I love about the offense, you know, it could be a Gallup game. It could be an Amari game. It could be a C.D. Lamb game. Yesterday was a Dalton Schultz game. You never know who's going to step up. They got so many weapons. Defense, obviously, it's it's a revolution here with Dan Quinn. He's turning everything around. Parsons is great. Diggs. Add him to the list if someone's going to get a jersey. Diggs is great. The schedule's looking good. we got the Giants, Patriots, Vikings coming up. I'm liking that. I don't see why there's any reason we're not going to go 3-0 right there. I'm looking at jerseys. I was on DallasCowboys.com last night. So many options. Thinking Diggs, <laughs> thinking C.D. Lamb, thinking Parsons. 
Got a lot of options. Got to, uh, you know, right now we got this week, and I'm assuming we're going to beat the Giants. We got all of next week. So we got a lot of jerseys that are going to be wearing. Yeah, because you have to wear a jersey every day. Yeah, I, mean, that's I, not, I believe that that's is not the, stopping. So you right can't now, stop. yeah, that's not stopping. And again, my, my only concern continues to be Mike McCarthy because he continues to do weird things that make no sense. He took digs out at the game, made no sense. Panthers Apparently his back tightened up. Yeah, okay. So that's, I mean, yeah. I, that's the only thing that's going to kind of hold us back is Mike <laughs> McCarthy. But other than that, Let's figure out when they're going to lose a game. Because Bubba's going to wear a jersey every single day. And at some point, this could get a tad gamey. Yeah, uh, yeah so def- you, I'm sure I haven't watched it. I mean, that's insane. you got the Giants at home this week. I think that is a win. Yep. At the Patriots. They looked really good last night, but there's no, re- no reason we can't win that. So. I think a few people have watched that game, Hembo. For, <laughs> that's the late afternoon window on CBS, the 17th. Then at the Vikings, and you get the Broncos, then the Falcons. The, the Cowboys, they may not lose a game for a while. Yeah, you may, we have going. to get you some jerseys. What are we into? No- we're at Thanksgiving now? Uh, we are approaching Thanksgiving at, Chiefs, at that point. At uh, Chiefs could be the... Well, Broncos won't be easy. At Chiefs is... that is that No, that's the week before Thanksgiving. The, the Chiefs... Yeah, the, 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 the Chiefs... The Thanksgiving game is against the Raiders. Right, so the week before the Chiefs could be... So we, we might have you for like two full months. We can get the week... Cowboys jerseys yeah, every day. 10. All right. So, Got to be ready for all of that. Sorry, To the Hem. dismay. Hembo is feeling down. He's an Eagle fan. He hates the Cowboys, but... He has a lot of reason to be happy because the baseball playoffs are going to start tomorrow and you could not ask for more. We will never short shrift baseball on this program. And so we're going to do a green light to get you set for all of the baseball coming up. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. Are we going to have to rename the KOD? Greenies picks are on fire. With, uh, with apologies to my buddy Dan Patrick, I am en fuego. Greenie is now 12 and 9 on the season with my picks. I went 3 and 2 this week. I had the Chiefs minus the seven against the Eagles. That's a win. I had the Cowboys minus the four and a half against the Panthers. That's a win. I had the Seahawks plus the three against San Francisco. That's a win. I couldn't have been more wrong on the Rams. They were a four-point favorite. They got shellacked. 
And then I gave the seven with the Buccaneers. You, Hembo, you tried to tell me. I'm so disappointed. You tried to tell me. I tried to tell you. There was like something like 90% of the public on Tampa. We know that's sort of our show, picking philosophy. You went away from it, and you paid the price. I do. I paid the price. That's the, that's the one that I'm kicking myself. Rams, Cardinals, I, I still can't explain that game. Uh, I, I shouldn't say that. The Cardinals are much better than I'm giving them credit for being, and Kyler Murray is a freaking video game. I mean, he's unbelievably good. But um, but the one that I should have got, you're right. I said it. 94% of the money's on any one thing. That's right, not 6% of the time. But I just thought this would be the six. I thought the Bucks were going to kill him last night. I did. I thought Brady was going to go out there and torch them. The whole night was different than I thought it would be. Hmm. The emotions were different than I thought they'd be. The 20-minute meeting between Bill and Brady after the game I didn't see coming. Um, obviously, I did not know it was going to be a monsoon, which I do think factors into a lot of things. Um, at the time I made the pick on Friday, I didn't know Gronk wasn't going to play, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't have changed it. I, I can't take ex- make excuses. I thought the Bucks were going to kill him, and I paid the price. So one way or another, 12-9 and nine for the season, still pretty good for the KOD. Meanwhile, we never give short change to the baseball, and we are heading into a huge week. I'm ready to go right now. Green light, green light. with Greeny. Give me the green light. And I'm giving Hembo the green light. He'll tell us what's on his mind. Brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. The baseball playoffs could not get off to a better start than they will tomorrow. No, they, that's absolutely right. Yesterday was so incredibly dramatic. On one TV, I had the football. On the other, the baseball. And within about a half an hour span, I saw the Yankees walk off the race to clinch. And then I saw the Red Sox come all the way back from 5-2 to two against the Nationals to clinch. And obviously, given that both of those teams were one game up, up heading into the final day of the season, that sets up just an epic wildcard game tomorrow night at Fenway Park, a winner-take-all against Garrett Cole and Nathan Eovaldi. The winner gets Tampa, who had a winning record against both of those teams this season. But for my money, that was best-case scenario, even though a lot of baseball fans wanted the, you know, the 163 and the 164. What we got was still pretty good. Well, the one-game play-in game, if you will, this, it's a different playoff format than there was. But any of us old enough, it will bring us back 43 years and three days. October 2nd, 1978 is Bucky Dent. That's Yankees, Red Sox, Fenway. That was to break a tie for the division one game play in. There were no wild cards in any of this nonsense then, but it's essentially the same thing. The winner goes on. The loser goes home. The drama 43 years later, no one who watched that game will ever forget it. Now, I don't know that tomorrow is going to give us similar drama, but you can always hope is there a way of gauging an advantage, Cole versus Yavaldi? Right now, Vegas says the Yankees are a slight favorite. But Garrett Cole, as we've discussed on this show, has not been good lately, and he's not been good against the Red Sox, whereas Yavaldi has shoved against the Yankees this season. So recent history says the Red Sox are at an, are at an advantage. Vegas says it's about a coin flip. Um, how much of a difference does the ballpark make in this tomorrow based upon the way these two teams want to play? I don't think the ballpark makes much of a difference. You give the Red Sox a slight advantage because they're playing at home. But as we know, in winner-take-all games, it doesn't really make much of a difference. Like in 4 the Red Sox in Game 7 against the Yankees, the game was over <laughs> by, you know, at the end of the first inning. Right. These things don't matter that much. I think, obviously, if the Yankees were at home, you'd feel better about some of those right-handed hitters being able to hit opposite field home runs, like Judge, like Stanton, that we see them do so many times. But I don't expect it to make that much of a difference. All right, so that's your game tomorrow. Winner gets Tampa, American League, 
White Sox Astros on the other side of the bracket. National League wild card. Holy smoke. <laughs> Dodgers Cardinals. I mean, we have Dodgers Cardinals Yankees Red Sox in the wild card games. The, the four winning is uh, four, um, the four winning, uh, winningest uh, programs ever. The Giants, though, Greeny, I have to mention before we get to the wildcard game, I think they may have had the most impressive regular season of any team in my lifetime. Going into it, the Giants, who were the number one seed, had an over-under of 74.5 wins. Mm. They won 107 games, and the entire season, the entire season, everyone just kept saying, myself included, that the Dodgers are going to catch them, and they never did. And so what the Dodgers get right now is a situation in which they are, one, the favorite to win the World Series in Vegas, and two, one game away from being eliminated. That's how good a season the Giants had. It's going to be Scherzer. It's going to be Wainwright on Wednesday night. That's an excellent game at Dodger Stadium, and the Dodgers are going to be without their best hitter. Max Muncie suffered an injury yesterday covering first base. He's going to be out in that game and probably in the division series as well should they advance. Braves Brewers on the other side. And if the, the Dodgers win, they will play the Giants. And I was looking at that stat. If they play each other in the playoffs, that is a team that won 107 games against a team that won 106 games. <laughs> There's never been an instance uh, of a series in Major League history in which two 105-win teams played each other. It's ridiculous considering the Giants, no one expected anything close to this. And the Dodgers had the second best record ever for a reigning World Series champion and are in the wild card game. If the Dodgers wind up losing, I guarantee you Thursday morning, we're talking about whether or not the wild card format works for baseball. Because, yeah, if we lose a 106-win <laughs> Dodger team, I mean, but there it goes. We're going to lose the Yankees or the Red Sox. I mean, one of them is going out right here. So, look, if the sport added these wild card games... For a variety of reasons, but one of them, because they want to start the playoffs with a bang, you couldn't do it better. Mm. Yankees-Red Sox tomorrow, Dodgers-Cardinals on Wednesday, let's go. Back to the football next. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.